You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition the Bear Down Chicago podcast, breaking down yet another loss to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, as you can hear it, folks, I am sick. Uh, even though I didn't see Jack for a while, I think I got the thing that he had. He sounds fantastic. We're going to bring him on in just a second. Um, and Patrick Sheldon is also with us. Folks, I am just going to give a disclaimer, especially to our audio-only listeners, and especially those of you that are not on Twitter. Um, normally, we are a family-ish podcast. Um, I know that several of my friends told me that they listen to the podcast in their car uh, with their kids, maybe on the way to school or something like that. This is not the episode to listen to. I am sure there's going to be a lot of profanity. So, Mike, if Ben is listening to the car right now, it's time to turn off the podcast because I'm going to say the word fuck a lot. Let's bring on Patrick Sheldon. Patrick Sheldon, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be one of those nights. And uh, before we get too far down the road, I just want to say, Jack, I love you, buddy. And I will always love you regardless of how this show turns out. Jack, we'll get a chance to say something too. I just, just because when we were the BDR podcast, Patrick Sheldon got us these six sick Yeti mugs and I am drinking hot tea out of it, buddy. That's to you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Cheers to you, my friend. Let's bring on. Oh, sorry. If you want to follow Patrick Sheldon on Twitter, it's at P underscore shells. Brendan Chagru could not be with us tonight. He is really, really, really bummed about it, but you know, he'll be with us as soon as he can. Let's bring Jack Wright to the stage. With us, if you want to follow Jack on uh, Twitter, it's at BeardownJack. Bro, you look tan-er, but not as tan as maybe you should be, considering you were just in the Caribbean. I have very sensitive skin, you know, Ryan, and uh, it's supple. So I make sure to apply copious amounts of sunscreen. Uh, as I've said before, this doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of careful planning. And uh, so, you know, I don't want the sun just to to just ruin it. So... Yeah, no matter how, no matter how I light this, it always just gets like to the point where it blinds people. And I'm wearing a white jersey, and you're like, you can't really tell the difference between Dangle's face and the Justin Fields jersey. <laughs> but SPF you know, infinity for you guys. Uh, we were seriously worried that my first child was going to blind the doctor uh, upon <laughs> arrival. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, we've already got some good chat going. Uh, Kiwi Bear. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, English-born, living in New Zealand, bear fan? I might be getting that all wrong, but I think that's the case. Um, hanging out with us live, that's freaking awesome. All right, boys, let's do this. Let's thank some wonderful sponsors, um, and let's, let's, let's share some, some, some goodwill as best we possibly can before 
you know, things probably go a little, a little bit south, but we're all going to be friends. We're all going to be friends. Even when we say the word fuck. Okay. Deal. Yeah. Deal. And if you want to get a haircut like me, uh, I went on Friday, uh, saw our good friend, Will at Sheridan's barbershop, which is located in downtown historic Wheaton, Illinois. And they've been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers. They're open six days a week. You can book appointments Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Uh, you can go online, as I said, or, or call them on the phone. It's SheridansBarbershop.com or 630-668-0137. Ryan, wait till you see if you ever decide to go back to the Naper Thrill uh, studio, uh, Hensel's in Naperville. They did a bunch of uh, demolition and the place already looks better. So you could also go to their new digs in Naperville, Hensel's Barbershop, which is located, as I said, I think I must have just said Naperville about a thousand times, sorry. Uh, but it's located in Naperville uh, since 1966. They have six barbers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, they're accepting walk-ins or you can make an appointment. Uh, for that one, you can go to henselsbarbershop.com. Uh, and just remember, both at Sheridan's and at Hensel's, uh, it's where traditional meets modern. So for those that don't know, I live uh, in the South, and there are a lot of things I love about living in the South. One of the things I hate are uh, all the chain restaurants. There's tons of them down here. The South has never met a chain restaurant it doesn't like. And I miss the the privately owned mom and pop places like Mississippi Brewery. Uh, our friends over at Mississippi Brewery recently opened a tap room uh, and craft kitchen in Naperville. Uh, they serve up global cuisine and homemade fare in addition to the Darien based company's beloved craft beers and cocktails. Menu ingredients are sourced from farms located right there in the Midwest. Their house made sausages are a spotlight from their Publican alum head chef. Wine and zero proof cocktails are also available. Mississippi Brewing Craft Kitchen is now open at 47 East Chicago Avenue, Tuesday through Sunday. Go check out their thoughtful fare and welcoming staff. I can't recommend this place enough. If you are hungry uh, this evening or anytime in the near future, please check out our friends at Mississippi Brewery. Miskatonic beer is freaking phenomenal. I don't really love stouts, but uh, been there, had their um, their stout. It's like a Oh man. Um, why can I tiramisu stout and you know, like something about a stout, like that mixes the like Uber sweet, but it's a stout. So it like comes together and it's not like overpowering phenomenal had the food dude, their chicken shawarma is out of this freaking world. It is so, so, so good. They've got an awesome kids menu. You can't go wrong. Miskatonic brewing, Please check them out, uh, either their Darien or Naperville locations. And just one last time, the owner, Josh, couldn't be a better guy. And it's nice to support good people that do good things. All right, boys. So Brennan is not here to break down the Bears game for us. Uh, so let's just do overall thoughts on the game, just kind of where you're at. Um, I know this is not going to be super easy, but just overall thoughts on the game. Let's go. Shells, Jack, and I will finish it up. So in the legal profession, we have a, uh, a principle of law, it, and it, that is race ipsa loquitur, which translates to the thing speaks for itself. And uh, the definition of this, this principle is that the, uh, the mere occurrence of an accident suggests negligence. So 
the accident being caused in and of itself suggested somebody was negligent. This train wreck, this absolute train wreck of a game speaks for itself. If, if you come out of this game tonight, drawing any other conclusion, then there needs to be a full house cleaning tomorrow of Matty Reflus and Luke Getze. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, if you have, if you have that opinion that they should still, either one of them should be brought back next year, you are ignoring a ton of evidence to the contrary. Uh, you're ignoring the fact that in two games against their biggest rivals, they came out completely flat and unprepared and got annihilated. You're ignoring the fact that uh, Matt Eberflus again decided to take his best defensive players off the field in a critical third down, a mistake that he makes time and time and time again. Uh, repeats the same mistakes over and over again. You're also ignoring the fact that Luke Getze has failed to demonstrate at any point in his tenure as Bears offensive coordinator that he can adjust to the defense and uh, adjust his game plan accordingly. After his first 15 scripted plays of either half, he is completely useless. You're also ignoring the fact that uh, the Bears' recent little, uh, I don't know if you call it a win streak, but their, their performance recently that has so many Bears fans optimistic includes a win against a 2-13 and Carolina team where they scored 16 total points, a win against, uh, and mind you, uh, whose team later fired their head coach, a win against the 3-12 and Arizona Cardinals, a win against the 4-11 Washington Commanders who are likely going to fire their head coach, a win against the Josh Dobbs-led Minnesota team where the Bears scored zero offensive touchdowns, zero touchdowns at all, and a win against the Brian Hoyer-led Las Vegas Raiders that um, also fired their head coach not too too long after that game. So if you dig into uh, the nuance and the reality and you get past all of the superficial noise and crap, I don't know how you draw any other conclusion than the fact that this head coach and offensive coordinator need to be gone no later than tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, the Bears aren't there yet. Uh, in the second year of a rebuild, uh, they're not the um, they're not the team that the Green Bay Packers are. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have a, a tradition and pedigree of doing things right. And um, it's not like this was a, a matchup between uh, two equal teams or two equal franchises. Um, the, the Green Bay Packers uh, offensive line dominated the game. Uh, the Bears' offensive line is still piecemeal. Uh, backup center, uh, Davis went out, I think, in the, in the first half. Uh, rookie right tackle, um, quarterback who just really hasn't proven his, himself yet, honestly, uh, and an offensive coordinator that's gun-shy. I mean, you know, so from the top down, um, the Green Bay Packers uh, are better. They were better tonight. Uh, they... Um, the Bears kept the game close. It was uh, within a score of the entire game. Um, you know, I just, I'm just looking forward to the offseason. I mean, we got picks and we've got, um, we've got money, uh, we've got free agency, uh, and I think uh, the arrow still is pointing up for the Bears in a lot of ways. Um, they are acquiring talent, and sooner or later, I hope they're going to acquire enough talent and begin to do things correctly, similarly to the Green Bay Packers, so that we don't continue to lose to the Green Bay Packers because. Man, it just kicks all of us in the nubbins when we lose to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we're tired of it, uh, without question. Go ahead, Charles. I know. I know yeah. you wanted to throw something in there. I, I, 
I just wonder when we're going to start holding this head coach accountable for the team that is on the field, right? We, we talk about, we constantly talk about rebuild and how they're not there yet. And I agree with you, Jack, they are trending upwards, but I'm afraid that the talent that they're going to have to accumulate is going to have to be so good that they win despite their head coach. We just watched last night, a Houston Texans team in the second year of their rebuild with a rookie quarterback, get a playoff berth. We watched them compete on the road against an Indianapolis Colts team in the second year of their rebuild with a backup quarterback also competing for a playoff spot. And yet we're sitting here in the second year of our rebuild, continuing to make excuses for a roster that I would argue is probably as talented, if not more talented than both of those teams. So at what point do we have to hold this head coach accountable for the product and the, and the players that he does have and the fact that he's not getting the most out of them? Because I'm afraid that while they are trending upwards, Jack, I feel like Matt Eberflus is the governor on this golf cart. And unless we, unless we overwhelm him with talent, our ceiling is always going to be capped and limited by his uh, incompetence. Uh, I, I'm not sure if uh, Eberflus is the, the correct guy to be the uh, head coach of the Bears going forward. Uh, I'm just not ready to lay all the blame on his footsteps like you guys are. Uh, bottom line is in the third and fourth quarter when the Bears need to generate offense, they can't do it. And there's a very specific reason why they can't do it, and that has very little to do with Matt Eberflus. I mean, almost nothing to do with Matt Eberflus. Uh, but again, with, they, with, they got a backup uh, center that I think they they basically acquired midseason, and that backup center was the backup to the backup center. <laughs> so you know, Ryan, you've said a lot of times we we need a center. Um, we had a left guard uh, who was you know injured most of the year. Tevin Jenkins had a really bad game. We've got one major weapon on the field. That's DJ Moore. Um, you know, Cole Komet has had a nice year, but if any decent team decides to lock down DJ Moore or Cole Komet, there's there's not a lot of options. When we need to drive the ball down the field and score points in a close game, like today's close game, we're not capable of doing it partially because of the talent that's not on the field and partially because we have an offensive coordinator who doesn't have any type of like dynamic, aggressive scheming of any sort that would enable us to be able to score. And I know what you're going to say. I mean, yeah, he's under Matt Eberflus. I, I get that. Again, Charles, that's I'm not at all what I was going to yeah, say. That's not what I was going to say either. Oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? I'm sorry. The fourth quarter, there's four minutes left. The defense has to, 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 has to stop a team from going, was it 90 plus yards? They couldn't mm -hmm. do it. They went through him like Swiss cheese. He got right. graded, bro. His, his defense, and I, I just dropped a bro. I, I can't believe I'm that guy, but I am that guy. Jordan yeah. Love, 27 for 32, 316 yards, 11 and a half a pop, two tutties. That's a 128.6 quarterback rating. Aaron Jones, 22 rushes, 111 yards, five yards a pop for supposedly the best rush defense in, in the NFL. Dude, they cheese graded, right? They, they yeah. shredded the Bears defense, and they shredded the Bears defense when it mattered the most. You know what? Finally, they, they, they get Green Bay to the spot where they, when it's was third and nine or fourth and nine, whatever it was. I, it's right before the two-minute warning or right after the two-minute warning. You guys know what I'm talking about. So I think it's, sorry, it's second and nine. What do they do? Aaron Jones right up the gut, 11, 12 yards, and seals the deal. Green Bay goes to the playoffs. Yeah. They, they annihilated 
Matt Eberflus's defense today. The score may not say so, but the yards will tell you otherwise. They yep. self-imploded, which they is why they didn't score anything in the second half, right? I fully Tyreek Stevenson had himself a game today. Unbelievable play from that kid. The more I think about this team's rise, I think it is much more clear that it has everything to do with Ryan Poles and much less to do with Matt Eberflus. Now, yeah. now, Jack, I know what you're saying is that I'm throwing everything at Matt Eberflus. No, no, I'm not. Luke Getze, that dude has no business being an offensive coordinator. Is no business, right? If they run it back with Luke Getze and and Matt Eberflus and, and make no wholesale changes in any way, shape, or form, I it's gonna be hard to watch next year, right? Yeah. I mean, he just he he was abysmal every time you know it's third down guess what they're gonna blitz bro throw a slant and the one time it was like uh, maybe he caught it maybe he didn't right we don't really know right but it's like oh my gosh they threw a slant uh, against blitz and and he picked up a first down like oh my god it's a re- revelation like i and, sorry, I, I know jack's gonna jump in i want i want you to respond jack but one of the things i want you to respond to I want your honest opinion. Do you think that the defensive approach today was the same defensive approach in terms of aggressiveness that we've seen from Matt Eberflus over the last few weeks? Do you think that he was as aggressive today as he's been in the past or as he needed to be? Because I saw a completely different strategy. I saw a team that let Jordan Love sit back there in the pocket all day and did not get one ounce of pressure on him. I saw, in my opinion, a coach that was coaching scared and coaching conservatively from a defensive perspective. So I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not going to put the offense on him today. I'm going to talk about what I think he did wrong today. And and I thought he called a terrible game as the defensive coordinator. Uh, The Green Bay Packers average uh, upwards of 24 points a game and they scored 17 today. Uh, 17 points in the NFL ought to be enough to win a a football game. Um, You're right, right? right? There was a clear domination uh, of the offense, but in some ways, like they, they played a bend, don't break. They had a really nice series, especially prior to the half, uh, where the uh, Green Bay Packers could have scored before the half and then double dipped, of course, because the Bears chose the ball right out of the gate, and and, and they didn't. And that was pretty impressive, actually. Um, I saw a Green Bay offensive line that controlled our defensive line, a defensive line that when we see creates pressure, allows for the 4-3 defense to work, and when it doesn't, we saw several games prior to the last five or six where the secondary just gets carved up. Um, why is that? It could be scheme, uh, possibly. Uh, Shells, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just totally discount that. Uh, but I just think ultimately you've got a better defensive line, but you still just don't have the dogs on the field that you need. I still think we're so narrow-minded when it comes to our Chicago Bears, all of us, uh, because – what we don't, I think, fully realize is when we look at the Eagles and we look at the Bills and we look at the Cowboys, they have elite players all over the field. Sure. And not to mention that our Pro Bowler was out today. Uh, our safety is is negligible. Uh, he's he's a liability. Um, he's we, you know, we've got Billings. We've got Billings inside. I mean, Billings. He, he's good. He's not great. I mean, so I don't know. Like I. I had them winning eight games. They won seven this year, guys. Like it's second year of the rebuild. We're not talking about competing on the level of the Eagles or the Bills or other teams with Pro Bowl players. We're talking about competing against another team with a very similar record. And 
the scoreboard, I, I get the 17 points, but they also missed two field goals and a touchdown that the guy probably should have caught. So you can tack on another 13 points there. Um, I think the scoreboard, somebody said in the chat, was very kind to us, but that game was dominated by the Packers. So I, I'm not comparing them or holding them to the standard of playing like the Buffalo Bills or the Eagles or the, the Ravens. Of course not. That would be unfair. I just want to see them play up to their competition, which in this case was, an, in my opinion, an evenly matched team, and they got outclassed. It's and at what point? It's Excuse not, me? Patrick. It's just not. But I mean, Jordan loves, Jordan loves a better quarterback. Matt LaFleur is a more established head coach, an offensive coordinator. They've had three straight good quarterbacks. They know how to do it. They set their rookie quarterback behind their Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They've only had three coaches. They know how to draft. They have good GMs. They have good ownership. There's nothing about this matchup that was even. Nothing. But they're nothing. but they're but 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 they're their win-loss record would suggest otherwise, as well as the fact is that the Green Bay Packers have the youngest roster in the entire NFL, meaning that they have insane inexperience, which definitely showed itself several times throughout the game, right? Like that was that was clear. Like they self-imploded a few times, right? But Matt Eberflus had a game plan that just had had Luke Getze as well as Matt Eber. Sorry, Matt LaFleur had a game plan that had our Matt and our, our Luke just going, wait, what's going on? What's, what's just spinning us around in circles? Jack is a genuine question. Genuine question. Okay, so Montez Sweat gets that tackle for a loss close to the end zone. So now it's second and 13. They're inside the five-yard line, four-yard line. Do you know, which, you know what I'm talking about in the yes, game? Yeah. All of a sudden, the linebackers back up considerably giving a bubble allowing for Jordan love to dump off to his tight end uncontested in any way, shape or form. He then pushes forward for another two to three yards. And then they continue to play back. I am really trying to understand like the pressure just worked. Why, why, why would you back off from that in that situation? Like I'm not, I'm not saying like sellouts and everybody close because you got nothing in the back, but like, your linebackers, like, I don't, I don't, please explain that to me. No, I can't defend that. I mean, I think you said it and I think Tony Romo said it as well. And I really did trust and believe in Romo in that particular situation, just as somebody who has played quarterback at a high level, he was like, I don't like that decision in that particular instance. I, I would have, you know, he's, I think he's viewing it as if he were a quarterback and what would pressure him and make him uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I really, there's nothing that I can, uh, rebut on that particular one. I, I don't know why that choice was made. Um, and uh, obviously it didn't work. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that, that uh, a lot of people commenting on that on Twitter that had me scratching my head. And then again, for the, for that, that second touchdown, taking your best defensive players off the field. I clearly the bears missed Jalen Johnson like that. That is so now that this question, this this came up, uh, it was a really, really good one too. It was Michael Braverman tweeted at me about this one. Can you really sign Jalen Johnson to a giant contract? He is lights out when he's available. But when is he available? I don't know. Was, so I mean, yeah, how, how many games did he miss this year? I mean, outside of today, did he... Five? Oh yeah, I that, think that's right. Does that sound right? It's, I mean, he missed a good, ch good chunk of the season in the in the middle of the season. 
So, so maybe somebody in the comment section knows for us how many games Jalen Johnson missed this season. Um, but, but it was significant, you know, and it, it, it was quite telling in the second half of the season when they were on their run four out of five games that it was that the defense played significantly better. I mean, he, he truly is one of the best corners in the league when he's healthy, but he's so rarely healthy. And so that, that's, that's a tricky one. The bears have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, obviously the, the big one being Justin Fields, the coaching staff. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of other guys that I think it's it's pretty clear and evident that they're not going to be back. Deonta Foreman being a, a healthy scratch. Um, Darnell Mooney. I mean, I don't see any way that dude is back next year. I mean, is there anybody that I'm missing that you guys are, are really perplexed about seeing, you know, coming back? Eddie Jackson. <laughs> Eddie Jackson's got to be gone, right? Whitehair's got to be gone. Um, Who was the second one, Jack? Eddie Jackson, white hair has got to be gone. Right? White hair, yeah, white hair is gone. Um, Patrick is gone. Patrick's gone. That, <laughs> uh, but they're going to need to just continue to stack offensive linemen. I mean, they're you know again, obviously not there yet. They they really I mean, struggled with the, the the twists and the eats uh, and the slants that the Green Bay presented. Um, and uh, we I mean we've talked about it previously that we just need like layers of offensive lineman you know like ryan gets hurt and he's our pro bowl center and then patrick comes in and he can you know or he can slide over to guard if he needs to like we i mean we're 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 better at o-line which is still a long way off i think don't you offensive line today got exposed against a better team i mean i i think i went from a couple weeks ago thinking hey we were just a center away to now after today going well okay we need a center is nate davis the guy uh is braxton jones the guy um, you know, so I came at it today, maybe feeling like we have more holes on the offensive line than I thought heading into today's game. And, uh, that's no bueno, but center absolutely is the biggest priority on the offensive line heading into next year. It, it has to be, and it should have been this year. And, and Dangle, I know you've been, you've been banging that drum for a while, uh, like the Houston Astros, um, you know, clamming for a center for a long, long time. And, uh, it, it it that weakness came back to bite us countless times this year. I, I, I'm asking this as as a genuine question too, boys. Justin Fields. Uh, okay, so I mean, we just look at the numbers. Uh, he's 11 for 16, only getting an opportunity for 16 passes, 148 yards. That's 13 and a half a pop. He's sacked five times. So he ends up the game with a quarterback rating of 97.9, which is pretty awesome. But the fact that he only had an opportunity to throw 16 passes, I, I mean, just I Justin Fields holds the ball too long, but I don't think that was the case here. I don't think he had any time in which to throw it, nor did he have an outlet because <laughs> DJ Moore and Cole Komet were really, truly his only like real receiving options. Um, the only, I mean, really, okay. So DJ Moore, four receptions, Cole Komet, three receptions, Ekonia St. Brown, one reception, Khalil Herbert, two, Tyler Scott, one, and Robert Tunyon, uh, zero with one target. So, I mean, that, that really should tell you, I mean, I, 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 I don't know what they're going to do with Justin Fields. I don't know what they're going to do with Justin Fields and I, I, I want to keep him. I want to bring him back because I love this dude. And I think that he's given everything that he can to Chicago, but part of me thinks it might be in his best interest 
to move on and go somewhere else. Give him a fresh start. Some somewhere where an organization will really capitalize on his uh his strengths and stop trying to to pigeonhole him into something that he's not. And I and I just I I'm just so fucking You're 100% frustrated. right. You're 100% right. Because if you bring, and and I, guys, I love Justin Fields. I mean, like, I love Justin Fields. He's one of my favorite athletes ever. Uh, He's up there for me with Jeter and Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant and Don Manningly is like some of my all time favorite uh, athletes. I I love the kid. Um, But if you're bringing him back, you have to bring back Eberflus and you have to bring back Luke Getze. Because you cannot give this kid his third offensive system or offensive coordinator, even if it's a similar system. You can't give this kid another offensive coordinator and expect him to hit the ground running next year. There, If you give him another OC, there are going to be growing pains and there are going to be bumps in the road and there's going to be an adjustment period. And what's the point of doing that if you think you're in a compete now, like win now mode? I just think it's unfair to that kid to give him a third offensive coordinator and expect him to hit the ground running next year. And so I, I agree with you. It's in his best interest. I think it's in everybody's best interest to let him go to a place that is going, going to accept him for who he is to use him for the skills that he has and, and take advantage of his insane athleticism and his just unique abilities. And if a team's not willing to do that, like a Lamar Jackson, then they, they, they need to get rid of him for his own, for his good, uh, his own benefit, right? Um, I just don't think you can bring him back and pair him with a new head coach or a new OC or or both. I don't think it's fair. Yeah, you both make great points, and I, I really am back and forth on it. I guess the thing that I have considered a lot lately is that the potential for keeping him improves the overall team more so than moving him. Unless you can get a, a haul for him, in a trade, I feel like the ability to keep him, he's good. He's not great. He's not bad. Uh, the ability to keep him gives us the ability to trade down. The ability to get us to trade down gives us the opportunity to acquire more assets. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you guys are, shows you're absolutely right. I think, sadly, the toothpaste is out of the tube when it comes to, like, you know, we've seen different models, right? Like, C.J. Stroud, he's an outlier. He goes on a team. He's kind of excellent right out of the gate. Um, you look at Jordan Love, he sits behind a Hall of Famer and a really great organization, and now he's excelling. And then you look at us, it doesn't matter really how great the quarterback may or may not have been. It's not good broth. It's just not, it's not, it's yeah. never been good broth. It's not yep. fair to whoever that is, whether it's Justin or who, whatever the name might be. So do yeah. we just roll that, uh, do we roll that back again with Caleb yeah. Williams or Drake May? I mean, I guess maybe I, I'm at a point now where I feel like he's good enough and I hate to use the word placeholder, but he's in the system enough now and he's been with the bears. He provides enough leadership, um, leadership assets uh, and athleticism uh, that maybe a bird in the hand is worth two in the stone. And also last thing, you know, you just look at the hit rate on, on top five quarterbacks and it's, it's a crap shoot too, guys. I mean, there's no guarantee that if, you know, we get a top five quarterback that, they're going to play like, you know, a top five quarterback. I, yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree. Sorry, Daniel. I completely agree with you. I, I don't think regardless of where you come down on the debate of whether you should bring Matty Fluce back or Luke Getzi back or both of them back, 
I don't know how you can say bringing all three of them back is going to work next year. I just don't see that working to the level that Bears fans are going to want it to work. You may get the same thing you get this year. You may get some games where it clicks for Luke Getze and it clicks for Justin Fields and it, it all comes together. But I think those are going to be few and far between. I don't see this 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 triumvirate working well together. I, I just don't see them coming back next year. Those three don't work well together. It's just whatever it is, Luke Getze and Justin Fields are not simpatico and bringing them back and running it back another year just doesn't make much sense. Our good friends at Roar of the Lions go to sleep. It's like yeah, what are you doing? It's we like three o'clock in the morning no in, 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 the, in the UK. <laughs> and you're right, y'all couldn't keep the Packers out of the no. playoffs, could you? Okay, yeah. I'm gonna do this. This is gonna make some people angry, and I'm sorry, but all right, I put out a poll basically asking what was gonna happen in this game, right? Thinking I knew what the results are gonna be. The early was, you know, basically was it gonna be a close. Bears win, a close Bears loss, a close Packers win, or a close or, or Packers dominant win, right? And 61% of Bears fans said that it was going to be a, a Bears win, which just, you know, the early returns was like, it was, it was overwhelming that Bears were going to win big. And I just like, I, I get hope. Like I get hope. Like I like I I I'm sitting there with you know my Justin Fields jersey, my my three month old. She's got a Bears cheerleader outfit on. I'm holding her right. Like you're gonna be a Bears fan someday. Like this is gonna happen. You know. Like I'm hoping. I'm watching every single second. I'm nervous before the game starts. Right. But I want to know like wh- how like how the fuck like are are Bears fans so confident going into this game when when the, when the Packers have dominated this series forever we have not beat the packers since 2018 that's a long ass time ago boys dangle i I alluded to it in my initial breakdown like i think people did not look past the superficial nature of those wins people looked at oh six of the last eight or whatever it was and they got excited and you know i got some criticism on twitter when i tweeted out like hey let's pump the brakes let's see them against a, a, a decent team because here are the teams that they've beaten. Well, great. A win is a win. Like we need to put it in a context and, and not get ahead of ourselves and say, Hey, they're ready to compete with even teams with a similar or same record. Um, because the teams that they've beaten up to this point are not what I would call very good or competitive teams. They've beaten terrible quarterbacks. Or they've beaten terrible teams or they've beaten coaches that have been fired this season, like already. Um, I, I just, I think if you, if you step back and, and, you apply nuance. We we like nuance here at the podcast, right? If you apply nuance to this debate and you dissect those wins and you – we did this with the Vikings last year, right? They won all those games. But what do we come on here and say? We went, hey, this isn't sustainable. They win all these games by less than a score. That's not sustainable. We saw it, right? Outsiders could see it, but I'm sure Vikings fans are like, oh, you guys are crazy. Bears fans are the same way. We see these wins and we go, oh, you guys are crazy. They're winning all these games. Well, outsiders are going, but wait a second, like who have you beaten this? It's let's just see how they do against another decent team. And they just looked overmatched today. So I'm confused. They, they never had a chance, but they should have won. They should have won today. I don't know. I don't think they should have won. Oh. I, I'm, I'm giving a reason for why I think people were optimistic. Oh. Angle asked why so many people thought the bears were going to win. And I think that's why I think people looked at their performance against terrible teams and said, this team is on the up. 
and uh, on the come up, and and they weren't. I didn't think they were going to win today. But you guys, you, you, I feel like you're talking on both sides of your mouths. You earlier you made these strong cases about how the two teams were equally matched, and that the Bears like should have or could have won. But then, but now I'm hearing you say like. I think because I think their coaches are terrible. I don't know how that's talking out of both sides of my mouth. I think this team is significantly handicapped by the incompetent fuckface that's on the sidelines coaching this team, him and Luke Getze. I cannot make it any more clear. From a talent perspective, they should have been more competitive in this game, 100%. The reason they're not competitive is because Luke Getze is a shitty head coach and uh, or Luke Getze is a shitty offensive coordinator and Matt Eberflus is a shitty head coach. I don't think that's that's talking out of both sides of my mouth. I think I couldn't be any more fucking clear about my feelings about that head coach and that offensive coordinator. From a talent perspective, they are not that far apart. Absolutely not. But you know what happened? They've got a coach who developed their quarterback this season into a, a, a very, very good, competent quarterback, and we have Luke fucking Getze and Matt fucking Eberflus. That's why. That's why this game wasn't close today. I like fired up Sheldon. I like him. I'm just like it's just I'm. I'll I'll just say I did not want to do this tonight. I did not want to do this, but it's just it's just like we 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 sit here and we excuse all the shit that these guys do, and like it's everybody else's fault, but the people running the fucking team. Well, I I just want to be real clear. Like first of all, that as I said last week, and I've said previously that. I do think it it takes a village. My, my only real, like, where I go separate from you guys on this whole argument is that, again, I just, I feel like I hear you constantly putting it at the feet of Ibrahim. And you've been doing that for, for several weeks now. And the only point that I tried to make out of the gate was just to say, hey, let's take a little closer look at the fact that, A, the roster is not overly good. Uh, Eddie, ja- I mean, really, honestly, I know I keep harping on Eddie Jackson. He's no, he was terrible several games. He 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 lost us. He lost us the game today. Not not solely, but he certainly didn't help us win the game. When given opportunities to help us win today, he he crapped his pants. You know. So my my only point is like it's all got to come together. It's all got to align, and and we're far from it all aligning. And I just I, I don't. The only thing that I have tried to say is like <laughs> I just don't think that there's some clear and obvious like Trustman situation here or even Matt Nagy towards the end situation here. We've seen some elements of leadership. We've seen respect from the players towards him. We've seen improvement amongst many of the players on the team. And again, I'm not trying to carry water for him. I'm not saying he should necessarily be rehired. I'm not, I am not saying any of those things. I'm just saying like, we're not there yet, but it's for a lot of reasons. And the other thing I've been trying to say time and time again, is we've changed quarterbacks over and over again in the last 38 years. And we have changed head coaches over and over again. And we have changed offensive coordinators over and over again. And look at where we are. We're in the same freaking place. So what's happening now is what you said earlier, Ryan, and what I fully agree with is that it's in polls as hands. And I feel pretty good about the Warren and polls combination and the way in which we have seen individual players with a higher level of talent be added to this team. We have never fully drastically addressed the roster. Green Bay has a knack for drafting and making their roster good. And then they couple that with really great coaches who are experts at what they do in terms of strategy and game planning. 
So, so we need both. We need both. It's not just all flukes. And in terms of your question, and I'll be quiet because I'm talking for a long time. I just let myself, I mean, idiot. I just let myself be emotionally invested in this game. I don't know why. I just really wanted it. And it was stupid, honestly. Like I wasn't blindly hoping. I, I, I just thought if they play a great game, they've got some momentum. A lot of like turnovers would have had to happen. We, we needed some somebody to make big plays like Stevenson did. We just didn't get enough of those. I mean, Fields made no big plays. Only chance we would have had in Green Bay against a team we've lost nine in a row to was, uh, you know, something amazing would have had to happen. Nothing amazing happened. <laughs> it just didn't. Again, we talk about the the teardown. Do you guys remember why we have the number why we had the number one pick last year? Because we were the worst team in football. Yeah, but why did we end up getting the number one pick versus the number two or number three or number four? Pick? The Houston Texans. Yeah. Thanks, Lovey Smith. What, well, who did the Houston Texans? The three thirteen and one Houston Texans. Who did they play in that game where we ultimately got the number one pick? Was it the Colts? It was the Colts. It was the four twelve and one Colts. Okay playing in the last game of the season that resulted in the Bears getting the top pick. So last year, the 4-12-1 Colts have a new quarterback who got hurt and a brand-new rookie head coach, and they're playing for a playoff game yesterday. The 3-13-1 Houston Texans with a rookie head coach and a, a rookie quarterback are in the playoffs right now, and yet we're here apologizing and making excuses for Matt Eberflus when he's got a much more talented roster than both of those teams at this point. I, I just say what you want about the Packers, Jack, and then being light years ahead of us in terms of running a team in an organization. I don't know how you look at the Colts and the Texans and say with a rookie, with rookie uh, head coaches, a rookie quarterback and a backup quarterback and the rosters that they have, that they're significantly far ahead in their rebuild than us. And they were both playing for a playoff spot yesterday. Again, we, I, we have to start holding him more accountable for the fucking players he has on the team. The team is I, who I, it is. And we can't sing Poles' praises and talk about how good of a GM he is and bring in all these great draft picks and bring in all these great free agents. And then on the other, that's talking out of both sides of our mouth. And then saying in the other breath, like, oh, he just doesn't have the talent. Like he, he's got more talent than the Colts and the Texans. So why haven't they performed? Why haven't they won these games? I, I will I will fully fully admit to Jack's point. It, it is it is holistic. It is not, and I don't. I'm down on Matt Eberflus. That doesn't mean I'm blind to to seeing other holes in in this this team, Jack. And I I hope you you you've seen that right. I, I I've I've admitted this several like Eddie Jackson. I at one point the missed tackle dead to rights, and you didn't like. Did you even touch him? Like, did no. you touch him? Like, I don't know if you did. Uh, every single time, he never goes for the tackle. He goes for the ball. And guess what? He's unsuccessful at it. So what would you say <laughs> you do here, right? Like, there, there's absolutely nothing. Um, I think Terrell Smith got uh, – I think he got replaced by Jalen Jones at one point. I, I may be mistaken by that. Maybe it was an injury that I'm unaware of. Um, I was holding a, a, an infant throughout the almost the entire game, so so please correct me if I'm wrong. But he was really, really bad. Uh, the linebackers, TJ Edwards missed a couple times. I mean, I know he's had a phenomenal season, and I've been very, very happy with him. Um, truly, I have been, but, but he had not a great game. Almost our entire defensive line, looked overmatched throughout the entire game offensive line 
terrible, atrocious. And we've said this multiple times outside of Cole Komet and DJ Moore, there is nobody worth anything. Uh, keep keeping it as a terms of a pass catcher. All of those guys can, can go away. And honestly, I was, I was like Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert. Meh. If he's gone next year. Oh, well, like I'm fine with that. Keep Roshan. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know about Herbert. He he's, I mean, he's been hurt. Like I want to see him fully healthy. I mean, he's, he looked really good before he got hurt. Like really Fair. good. He was awesome. Um, Deontay Foreman was awesome too. When I when Herbert don't was understand out, that. I don't understand. He looked no. awesome. That there, there's an there's another coaching decision. Whether that be Getzy, whether that be Fluce, a really good player that put up really good numbers that that's sitting on the bet like that one I don't get. Um, this is a question I think that we've been kind of dancing around just a little bit. Kiwi Bear, it's not all in Fluce, but you can easily upgrade it. Head coach, so why not do it? I think it was a couple weeks ago I said something similar along the lines of. If they fired Matt Eberflus, which I don't know what they're going to do. I don't pretend to know what they're going to do, but let's just say that they did it and they brought in an offensive minded coach. I do believe that they could get a competent defensive coordinator who could in some ways build upon the good things that Matt Eberflus has done. He has done, done some good stuff. Shells. I know you know that. I know you, yeah. you would, you would admit that. Absolutely. Right. To, defensively he has done some actually shells what what good things do you want to say about matty brooflu so so jack and, Ryan I, Ryan and I were texting about that very topic today i there are things that i think matty brooflu does well none of them are in the realm of being a head coach but i think <laughs> from a defensive standpoint he's he's very good he's a very good defensive coordinator he was a very good defensive coordinator in indianapolis he's a very good defensive coordinator here he could continue to be you know maybe the fact that that um uh, he's acting as a defensive coordinator because the defensive coordinator he hired got fired uh, is, is clouding his judgment that he doesn't realize that Montez sweat isn't on the field in a critical third down. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I give him credit for uh, he's a player's coach, right? He obviously connects and relates to his players and they seem to like him. Uh, he's a very good defensive coordinator, right? I, I think he's a, a nice genuine guy. I just don't think some people just don't have what it takes to run the entire show. Right. I think if like we, we in the military, we got the nugs, right. That just go out and they, you give them an assigned task and they can knock it out of the park, but the more strategic thinkers and planners, um, those are fewer and far between. So I don't think Flus has the capability to do the whole thing. I think if you give him, the responsibility of being a defensive defensive coordinator, I think he'll knock it out of the park. I, I think he's he's very good in that regard. Um, so there are things that I think he does well that add value to the team. I just think he handicaps them significantly as the head coach. And you know, I, I I'm sure you guys watched the Colts Texans game. I got extremely jealous when I saw the staff of the Washington Commanders years ago with Lafleur, McDaniel, uh, wow. McVeigh, and you know. Uh, Bobby Slowick. And I'm like, Hmm, every other, every other assistant coach that they had up on that graphic has been a home run hire as a head coach. They've been phenomenal, right? Slowick is the only one on that graphic that has not been a head coach yet. And he may be available this off season. He may also happen to have connections to the city of Chicago and the Chicago bears. 
he may have done incredible work with a rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. I don't know. He's worth a look, right? Mike McDaniel wasn't even worth a look to this franchise. Can we at least give these guys a look, right? Can we can we at least change our process and try to be a competent organization and, and play with the big boys and do things the right way? To answer the question, why would you keep him? I think they talked about it on the broadcast tonight, stability. I mean, that's what yeah, concerned me. That makes sense. They talked to Kevin Warren, and he said stability is important. Like that, that put a pit in my stomach. You don't just keep, you don't just stick with continuity for continuity's sake. If you think it's building to something and leading to something, great. But if you think that you may be capped out at a certain level, and I think we will be capped out with Matt Aberflus, I think, I think he's he could have maybe a Lovey Smith type career where he'll continue to fail to hire the right offensive mind. But every once in a while, he'll have a, a 10, 11, 12 year or 12 win season. And we'll get happy every five or six years. And then, you know, we'll have peaks and valleys. I don't want that anymore. I want sustained success. I want Jack. I want the Bills. I want the Eagles. I want the Chiefs. I want the Ravens. I want the organization that's run competently year in and year out that doesn't just hope, is this the year? Is this year we peak? Is this year, you know, we, we hit the valley? Is this, like, I don't want that. I want sustained success where every season we go into it going, we've got a shot. What's it look like for you guys? I mean, I'm really curious. Like, I mean, what if we if we drew it up? Um, we're just like three cooks in the kitchen here right now, making the bears great and solving all the problems. Are we we're firing all the, the entire coaching staff? Um, Fields is out. We're hiring a new offensive-minded head coach, uh, letting him bring in his DC and his OC and the rest of the coaches. We're taking either May or Williams uh, first uh, <coughs> playing with you that second. Decide. What's that? You let them decide. Like I, yeah. I just think yeah. that's the point. Like I just want the yeah. process to work the right way. I want, right. I want you to bring in the offensive mind and I want him along with the GM to say, this is the guy that we want, not let's get the guy and then we'll bring in the GM and then we'll ask the GM. We drew after this guy last year. Is he your guy? Can he be your guy? Do you like this guy? Okay, cool. You like this guy. All right. Now here are some coaching options. What do you think of this guy? You like this guy? We like this guy. Do you think you might like this guy? This guy could be good, right? Like, okay, should we, let's all get together and just kind of mush this shit sandwich together. And then we'll bring in this offensive coordinator who has worked with a quarterback whose skill set is so diametrically opposed to Justin Fields. It's got to work, right? It's just crazy enough to work. Like, I just want the process to be sound and, and, and sane. And I want the coach to decide this is who I want to be my quarterback. That, and then Poles so add some pieces, like legit pieces to the offense, like he has to the defense. And then maybe we're cooking with gas. I mean, I, yeah. Like why couldn't, Poles, why couldn't a rookie I, quarterback next year have the year that CJ Stroud had with the right head coach and the right OC? I, 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 th- I, I think Jack's right. point is he's an outlier, right? Uh, but, but even the thing is, if you have someone that, that is at Justin's level or better coming in as a rookie quarterback, that's pretty awesome. I mean, the thing is, Poles will need to continue to to have more hits than he has had misses. He has definitely had misses. I mean, I don't think anyone is going to dispute that. But I think if he continues to have more hits than he's having misses, I, I really do want him to make the decisions, whatever those decisions might yeah. be. Um, if, if, if Slowick is available, that gets me really excited. Just an offensive-minded coach. Um, and, then, and then, Jack, to answer your question – 
I would really hope that he would have the presence of mind to bring in a guy that, yeah, sure, that's his guy, but that's a 4-3 guy because this this team is set up, right, where where its biggest stars, I think, are comfortable in the 4-3. I know we've been a 3-4 fairly recently, and, and I guess, you know, I – I just I know that that a lot of these players are set up in a successful way in that four three scheme, and it it's a bigger flip to switch it around. However, I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. Um, all I know is that if Luke Getze and and Matt Eberflus come back next season, and we just run the whole thing back, I I will be really upset. I will. I just, you know, I, I'm not asking for wholesale. Like everyone's got to go, but there has to be some change. Like th- this, 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 this ain't, this ain't it. Well, how would you feel if every, if everybody came back, how would you feel about that? Uh, you know, again, I, I don't know as if I, I think I would be like mid, you know, as the, some of the kids say, I, because again, I, I am placing more stock in pulls and pulls his decision and and the roster rebuild and I, as i said you know um, in previous weeks um where i don't think maybe that like flus or fields or getsy you know any of those guys are are the answers um i i see it like from a perspective of like maybe eventually we get this roster in place to like an elite level of competition and then coaching changes get made um but let but but let's let's get the roster taken care of, and and maybe I could even make a case that some of that continuity might might help the Bears in the long run, even though that may make you throw up in your mouth. And I and I get that. Again, I'm I'm not committed to this. I'm just kind of I'm bouncing ideas off here uh, with you guys. Um, so so that, what, that's what yeah, might be the best situation. Just really quick, really quick. Yeah. Right, so that's like the Tony Dungy to John Gruden in Tampa 2002. Like that's kind of where you're at. Dungy built the thing up and made mm-hmm. it pretty spectacular. And Gruden just kind of rode the coattails and pushed it over the hump, so to speak. Or, I, you know, I've used the Joe Madden, you know, comp before too um, with the Cubs. Once they finally got that roster together, uh, they were like, okay, now we need, yeah, we need a World Series caliber head coach, you know? Um, so, you know, that might be flawed. I, I would maybe need to think about it. Maybe yeah. shells. I'm sure you see some flaws in that. Approach. Well, no, I, I, and I, in fairness, Jack, I don't know that I saw that as your argument. And I, and I, I understand that now um, I'm more uh, amenable to that as a possibility than, than I was when I thought your argument was, you know, um, let's keep flus around for a bit. But I guess what I would say to that is I think, the head coach in football is, is way more impactful than the head, the, the manager in baseball. Um, and I understand the Madden comp, but like, I think alignment is so important when you're developing a scheme, right? Like baseball for the most part is baseball, but if you're a head coach and your fingerprints are and your DNA are all over that team from a scheme perspective and a philosophy perspective and a, you know, um, whatever perspective, like, that takes a while to undo. And so I would love for the bears to hit this stride. Like I think they're on the come up if they can get the right coaching staff in place. I want them all to be aligned so that they all crescendo together. Right. Like I don't want, I don't want them to build up the talent and then like their window opens like immediately. And then they have to bring in a coach who now has to undo all the stuff that the last coach did and quickly build them up because their playoff window is open immediately. Like I want them all to hit their stride in unison. So we're all coming together. We hit our playoff window and we take off, right? Like that's in an ideal world. That's how it works in my mind. 
I was just going to mention really quickly, you mentioned, um, I was thinking a little bit now that we've had some time for this to, to marinate a bit, it, it, as tough as Paul's job is, I think, in rebuilding this roster. And I think in as much as he's done a good job, I guess, like, to be fair, I mean, you think about it, like, you look back and I think there was a little bit of desperation to try to find a wide receiver. Um, and in two instances, it didn't work out, right? Claypool and Valus Jones. And you just think even about, like, those two particular picks and the way that those could have been leveraged – and how even that little little twist, you know, would make this team a little bit better. It's like, man, his job is freaking tough. Yeah. And if when he makes like little decisions like that that don't end up working out, it, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Because I get yeah. it. If I'm in his shoes, I want assets for fields. I want some some weapons, some tools. <laughs> oh, let me try Claypool. Yeah, major bust. <laughs> let me let me try this athletic, you know, receiver out of Tennessee. Yeah. Like didn't really work out, right? So that's too bad, isn't it? It's again, I'm giving ja- I'm I'm giving Jack huge props, huge props as the captain of the Valus Jones Jr. fan club to 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 finally admit that hey, that that experiment did not work out the way that you were hoping. Hey, awesome dude, truly. Yeah. Every interview that I've seen with him, he is a phenomenal young man. But I just Jack, props to you, buddy. Props to you. He's not the playmaker we hoped he would be, and especially not in a way that we thought would help Fields. It's, that's obvious to everybody, right? I mean, yeah. You, you bring up a good point, Jack. It, and I think this is where Poles deserves a lot of credit. <clears throat> um, I think he's maybe it's early. Maybe this will be a hot take that I'll get roasted for later. But I think he's our best talent evaluator GM that we've had for a long time. Um, like many years, right? And is that, in, is, that a, is, is that in contention? And like, who would argue that? Oh, I'm sure somebody will, especially if if like no. he busts his next draft. He takes Caleb Williams and Caleb yeah. Williams busts like, you know, turns into a Jamarcus Russell. I'm I'm sure, you know. But it, I think as of right now, I I think as a talent evalu a talent evaluator, he's great. The other thing that I like about him, Jack, to your point, like that Claypool uh, trade could have sent him into a shell, and and he took a chance on Sweat. Um, and made another bold trade with a second round pick and this one worked out. Right. But like, as a GM, you kind of have to have a short memory, you know, like a, like a, a three point shooter, you got to kind of forget and flush the last game. If it was poor, it, you still got to take those chances. And I, I, I like that about polls that he wasn't scared um, and shy, didn't shy away from making another big move, even though he thought it was a, the right move. Right. So, you know, if he gets his chance to pick another quarterback, I'm, I'm, optimistic um because i think as a talent eval- a talent evaluator i can't say that tonight i think he's outstanding so let's give him a chance to to see what he can do if matt eberflus gets the axe tomorrow which i don't think is going to happen but let's just say that it does happen jack is there a coach that you would be genuinely very excited about I've got to be honest, guys. No, I, I don't, you know, because I've not spent any time profiling other potential, you know, sure. options. Um, and I don't notice the media besides Harbaugh or Ben Johnson talking a whole lot about any other coaches. And let's face it, I don't watch every Detroit Lions game. I don't know sure. exactly, like, if Ben Johnson is the reason that he, the, the, the Lions have been so proficient offensively. They've also had their struggles. 
you know, but we all know how it goes. Like some names get tossed around as being the next great thing and they're not always the next great thing. So like, to be honest, like there's nobody in my mind out of the gate that I would just be like, this is a no brainer shift from that guy to that guy. And I think I'm a little bit with shells. I just don't, I just don't see the McCaskies having the wherewithal of pulling off a hardball deal. No, I just, I just no. don't like it, it, uh, sorry, I, I can't remember if it was Bernstein or Lauren. It's somebody on 670 of the score, so I apologize for not attributing it correctly. Um, but somebody said, like, they have not hired a strong personality since Dicka. Like, since Dicka left, it's almost like they went, oh, shit, never again. <laughs> We're never going to have a guy like that mm-hmm. who blows smoke in your face and tells you exactly the way it is. And you look at our coaches – they are all very clean cut, proper, you know, never curse in public kind of guys. Um, and, and I don't, I mean, not that Harbaugh is a, you know, curse in public kind of guy, but he's more rough around the edges. He's more direct. He's more abrupt. He's not the mold of the Chicago Bears coach that we've seen the McCaskies hire. So I, I mean, you guys know I'm not the biggest Harbaugh fan. I would take Harbaugh yeah. over Eberflus Iber, tomorrow. I just don't see it happening. It's interesting to say that Chris Ballard, I know uh, when interviewing for the GM position, uh, I've heard several reports saying that, that he basically uh, told the, the, the bears organization, Hey, this ain't working. What you guys are doing isn't working. And they didn't like that. Um, Bruce Arians very much the same way, which instead they hired Mark freaking Tressman. Oh my God. Still. I'm not angry about that. Um, There is one other thing I want to talk specifically about the game. And then, and then I, I think that's it. I don't really think I want to talk about this game much anymore unless you guys really want to talk about this game. Justin Fields uh, getting hit by Owens. Now, it seems like Owens kind of turned his body to try to not hit Justin Fields in the head. But in so doing so, hitting him in the shoulder made his head ricochet off of the ground. And while the ref is right there watching it happen, realizing that Justin Fields maybe sure his shoulder didn't exactly hit his head, forced his head into the ground yet again, right? No flag was called. Now I'll give it to Matt Eberflus. This is the first time I saw him actually yelling at the officials passionately, right? Because, and I know like he's probably putting in requests, but that shit ain't working, right? Mm-hmm. Every week, every week, we had our friends from Roar of the Lions, one one in particular, Steve Collins. He sent me a a message. He goes, wait, why wasn't that a flag on on Justin Fields? I'm like, bro, every week, every fucking week. And and, and that's not an exaggeration. That's that's not a, that's not a like, oh my God, Bears fans, like, whoa, whoa. No, that dude gets hit in his head every single week and they never call it. And it is absurd. And the fact that there are officials that can look people in the eye and say, oh, I watched it and it was a clean hit. You need to get your fucking eyes checked and you need to get fired. There need to be repercussions because you're now taking that dude's career and maybe possibly shortening it up. I'm furious. And I don't understand. Like, and I, I'm, I'm watching people outside the Bears organization, outside of Chicago media now that are, that are like tweeting at the NFL and NFL officiating. Why is it you go 17 games where he constantly gets hit in the head and no flags are called? I cannot wrap my head around it. I, I can't. 
Yeah. Somebody should put a compilation together because it's it would be so blatantly obvious, especially to see the plays back to back to back to back. I, I, the dude's probably going to get fined. I would be surprised if he doesn't get fined for that hit. And I've said it before. I think in all the ways that the offense has a great – the NFL has a great brand and knows exactly what it's doing in terms of you know selling its product and say, staying relevant year-round, it, it's bullshitting everybody to say that it wants to try to protect players and like reduce head injuries. They, they are absolutely bullshitting, paying lip service to it because you either do or you don't. Um, and when it comes to him, you're right, Ryan. They have just chosen not to. And why that is, I don't know. Because we've seen what CTE does, and we know the types of effects and impacts, both short-term and long-term, that those types of head injuries cause. And if a dude, a quarterback, is sliding, then everywhere else, usually in the league, you see a dude pull up and put his hands like this up in the air and do everything they can to avoid contact. That dude was not trying to avoid contact. You're right. He may have been trying to, like, uh, ish at the end. Um, make it look like he wasn't targeting him, but but no, I mean it, it should have been a penalty, like seven days was, a week, twice on Sunday. I don't like to say, yeah. but it was dirty. It was dirty. It was a dirty. It was, it was a dirty, dirty hit. Uh, I'll I, state a fact here, and I'll let our folks draw their own conclusions. But the four players that I've seen that consistently never got those calls: Michael Vick, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields. I saw somebody suggest something similar in one of my threads, and I'm not. There's some. There could be something to that. I, some folks have said that a lot of the backups, because there's been so many backups around the league, uh, got smashed up pretty good today. I didn't personally see that, but I. I mean, Tyler Heineke in the last fucking game asked I, for yeah. the flag and got it. Oh, and how does Tyler Heineke command more respect for those kinds of calls than Justin Fields when he gets murdered on a weekly basis? Yep. Like I. I What's, yeah. what's the difference? Wherever he goes, which, again, I am thrilled if Justin Fields is back next year with a better offensive line and more receiving options than Cole Komet and DJ Moore. Like, two, two, two isn't enough. Like, he needs, like, Tyler Scott, not a promising rookie season. Like, I'm not totally giving up on him yet, but he sure doesn't look like he's going to pan out very, very well at all. Equinemia St. Brown, aside from one catch and a couple decent blocks. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day, right? Like there, there's nobody on this team that, that, that is respected in any way, shape or form as a pass catcher. So, so he needs to have those, right. But if, but if he goes to the Raiders, he goes what wherever he goes, like I, I wish that dude nothing but the best. He has been a class act from start to finish. And I just, hopefully the NFL can get its head out of its ass and protect that dude because he deserves to be protected. Boys, before we get to things that we missed, uh, anything that we might have missed, um, I'm just going to give one last thank you. We're not going to do the outhouse and the penthouse. I don't think there's any reason to go back to talk about this game in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm going to just say thank you to Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff Cadwallader has been a sponsor of this show since its very, very beginning. Um, he reached out to me. Uh, he was my realtor. He's my friend. And he said, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. I think you're really good at it. And I want to support you. And Jeff, like, man, that 
that that means a lot to us. There are so many Bears podcasts that are out there, uh, so many places to get your Bears content. And you know, Jeff said, "Hey, I believe in you guys. I want to see you do what you're doing." So I'm telling you, folks, that if 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 you are thinking about buying or selling your home, if you are uh, into commercial properties, whether that be you know uh, just something you're investing in, or you are saying, "Hey, you know what? I want to finally open that business that that I've been thinking about." You've got to reach out to Jeff Cadwallader. SVN Landmark, uh, he's the best. 630-254-4734. Shoot him a text. Shoot him a text right now. Just say, hey, thanks for sponsoring the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Uh, you know, hey, I'm a little bit curious about this real estate. Visit GenevaJeff.com. See what he's got going on. If you do talk to Jeff, if you do go to Miskatonic, if you do uh, get your haircut at Hensel's or Sheridan's, let him know the guys the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. Um, and, uh, that, uh, you know, we, we would appreciate it and they would appreciate it. Um, boys, anything that we missed shells, Jack, and I'll finish it up. Uh, two quick things. You mentioned one of them. Tyreek Stevenson played a phenomenal game. I am so excited to see him next season. He has had a, just a tremendous rookie season. So kudos to him. And then, uh, I just, I, I be in the last regular season game last episode of the regular season. I want to give kudos to Cole Komet. That was a, an amazing catch and I got to give props where they're due. And uh, that was one heck of a catch by Cole Komet. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I'm just, I'm still a little stunned um, by that. <laughs> that admission. Wait, 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 wait. So he got Cole, you got Bayless. Yeah. What a- what do I need to own up to? What, do, yeah, what have I? Well, that's a good question, Ryan. Compliment Trent and Gill right now, Jack. We <laughs> <laughs> had two Wait, you know inside the 10 yard line. I know he did. And you know what else he's yeah. been doing? And I'm not sure why. Maybe you guys heard why. He's been kicking off. And like, aside for that squib kick, he's like been smashing it through the end zone all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, what's that? I don't know. I didn't hear you why saw that, that, that video with Drake right? May punting. And I think he got nervous. He's like, oh, I better get my shit together. <laughs> maybe. Um, the dude looks like a wash rag. I don't know if he's ever lifted a weight in his life. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I I don't have anything uh, specifically tangible to add. So I'll just, I'll shoot it to you, Ryan. Uh, this one hurt. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Um, you know, we had a lot of, uh, Green Bay fans that, that pop into the chat. I do think it's really, really interesting. Uh, so they've won nine straight, whatever night we haven't won since 2018, we played the Lions twice. No Lions fans came in to, to, to talk shit. No Vikings fans came in to talk shit for any one of those games. Um, but every time we record about Green Bay, Green Bay fans go out of their way to search Bears podcasts and try to make comments to try to ruffle our feathers. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that, man. I just that's uh good that's a good choice for you. Good, 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 good on you, Green Bay. Um, yeah, I just uh I I would like to I would like to beat that team. I would like to get this back to a rivalry because it's not a rivalry now. And and that part uh it hurts it hurts your heart a little bit. Um I I also want to say this as a programming note, we are gonna be taking some time off. Um, obviously if there are some, some changes that are coming up, um, I, I would really, really doubt the bears to be swift in their changes because they're never swift in their changes. They, they tend to drag their feet and take as long as possible. Um, usually taking far too long and missing out on opportunities. Um, so if there is an offensive coordinator that they really, really want, um, and they fire Luke Getze, they'll wait too long to hire the right one because they got to follow the process and make sure it's the right one. But let's just say something, you know, Ryan Poles does change things, does does 
go about and, and make things different. We will have a podcast. We will cover it. But otherwise, I know I'm, I'm speaking for all of us. We want to spend some time with our families. Uh, we want to be away from it a little bit. And I think we've been arguing far too. Uh, what's what's the right way to say it? Re- real like in real life, like arguing. Um, and I think a little bit of time away is going to be good for us. So pods are going to be coming much more sporadically. Uh, we're not going to be doing the every Sunday night thing uh, like we have been, which I know I'm going to miss, boys. Like this was a special one. Um, I'm really wishing that Brendan couldn't be here, but uh, tis the season for everybody to be sick. Um, it's time to get to shout outs, boys. Unless, again, anything else that we want to chat about. <clears throat> Sheldon, Jack, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Uh, I'll just echo what you said. Thank you to all of our uh, our followers and our listeners and supporters and folks that have joined us throughout the season. We can't thank you enough. It's been awesome. I mean, the, the turnout tonight was terrific. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, you know, you guys know I, I text you all the time how much I love coming up, coming on here and chopping up with you guys and, and talking Bears football, whether it's on the pod or uh, via our, our text string. Um, so thank you. Uh, I will miss it, but I look forward to getting together again for our next episode. Uh, in terms of my, my more formal shout outs, uh, I will, um, I'm going to show off my shirt here. If you can see that, uh, this was a, a Christmas present from my wonderful wife, uh, an amazing shirt here from, um, people's garment company. They are a Chicago based, uh, company. They got some awesome stuff. I just went out, uh, earlier and checked out their website. They got really cool stuff. Uh, they don't appear to have a very recent Twitter presence. They are at PPLS Garment, but if you go to their website at peoplesgarmentco.com, um, check out their stuff. I It's like one of the most comfortable shirts. It's very soft. Um, it is not form-fitting, which is, is good for me, uh, but it's it's a really nice, soft, comfortable shirt. I, I love it. They are not a sponsor of ours, so I am saying this honestly and truthfully. This is a, I love this shirt. Um, so I wanted to give them a shout out cause they do have nice stuff. And then, um, I want to, you guys know I'm, I'm into sports cards. I love sports cards. If for those that are looking for a really good, uh, breaker, wow. PA sports cards. I found them recently. They're really cool guys. Um, they are not like the over the top outlandish, uh, breakers that you see. So, um, they are at wow PA sports cards on Twitter. Uh, so go give them a follow. And then, uh, my last shout out, um, you know, just not to get like, like serious, but, uh, to Justin Fields, like I, I said it earlier, I, I love this kid. Um, and I just want to, if this is his last game in a Chicago bear uniform, I want to say, thank you. Uh, I want to say, I can't tell you how much I, I enjoyed watching you during your career here. Um, all that you gave the city of Chicago, both on and off the field. Uh, you were the consummate professional, the, despite the circumstances, not being in your favor at any point in your career. Uh, you never once complained. You never once blamed anybody. You kept everything in perspective. And I think that's something that we can all uh, learn from. I know this kid will be successful no matter what he does because he's got a great head on his shoulders. And I, as I said, I think he keeps the game in perspective and understands his priorities in life and what's important. Uh, and I think that plays a large role in his, his personality and just the person he is, um, you know, on the field around his friends. And it's no surprise that the guys in that locker room absolutely love him and, uh, go to war with him every week and support him in the way that they do, uh, very publicly, um, to the media. So it speaks testaments, I think to him and his character. And, um, it'll suck if he is not under center next year for the Chicago bears. 
uh, per, for, for me personally, right. I, I just, everything he's given to this city and this organization, um, despite maybe what the organization has not given to him in terms of the infrastructure to set him up for success. Uh, I, I just, I can't commend him enough for what a professional he is and what a great kid. I think, I think we got to remember that these, these guys are still kids to some extent. Right. Um, but just so mature beyond his years and, uh, uh, a great representative of the Chicago bears for his career. So while I, I hope he's back next year, if this is it, Justin, uh, thank you. And uh, I'll be following your career and wish you the best of luck no matter where you go, buddy. I remember when I first started doing this with you guys, you had been doing it longer, like being in the Bears community, being on Twitter, podcast, the whole thing. Uh, and I remember like, that there had been some sort of a shakeup right before we all got together where, you know, several podcasts or, or groups, or organizations, had had these like fallouts and, you know, everybody kind of had gone their different ways. And I was just thinking a little bit about that, like in the last couple of days, because uh, it makes me extra appreciative of, of this. I, I mean, this is mostly fun. There's no doubt about it, but it's also a lot of work and it's tough to keep together sometimes. Um, you know, not like this isn't like, woe is me. We choose to do this, but like in terms of logistics and guests and technology and, you know, getting, you know, um, advertisements and, you know, uh, personalities and keeping everybody together. I mean, you guys, you know how it goes uh, in life or in any business or any situation, um, there can be difficulties. And so I'm especially appreciative that, that this, the Bear Down Chicago podcast has been um, a thing for so long. Heck, we even went through a shift, right, from BDR to this. And and yet here we are. And all the while, the team hasn't been very good. So I'm appreciative like of, you know, the guys that are in this group with me. And then also, uh, we, we've said it before and we mean it, the people that, that listen. So um, a lot of bouquets to like the, the guys, you know, that are here. Logan, just, I mean, absolutely crushing it, doing his thing not with us as much, but like in terms of what he does for Fox uh, and NFL betting uh, or Fox betting, he's, um, he's doing a, just a phenomenal job. Brendan with his appearances on, you know, NBC, NBC sports, Chicago. Uh, he even did like a YouTube spot for them. Uh, his writing. Uh, I mean, he just continues to elevate in an amazing way. Uh, Ryan, you pull the show together. Like you're the glue dude. Like you pull this whole show together um, in terms of, we don't have a production team or anything like that. Like we are the production team. You are the production team. So you run a great show, super smooth, super cohesive. People like to listen to it. That's a credit to you. Uh, Shells, you bring angles, you bring intelligence, you bring humor. Uh, like if you don't, if people don't follow you on Twitter, they're just plain idiots. It's fun. Like you make me laugh almost on a daily basis with something they, like the dude in the freaking uh, in the pond at the best pro shop like that. hilarious hilarious (laughs) but i wouldn't get to partake it if i weren't you know in some way uh you know associated with you in this podcast so bouquets to you guys really appreciate it um thank you so much 
Uh, Jack, thank you for helping us uh, increase our, our our Twitter following. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but but the BDCP, um, it's just it's kind of blown up over the last couple of weeks, and it's been really cool to see this many more people hanging out with us uh, later in on the episodes. Uh, is just is greatly greatly appreciated. Please don't sell yourself short. So, folks, yeah, we we, we love doing this. We absolutely love doing this. Before I forget, before I get into my shoutouts, I I know I wanted to put this up here. Uh, so this is is uh the url uh for anyone that wanted to go to the car uh the the shop that that uh, shells was talking about so i'm going to keep it up there for you and for any of our audio only listeners come check out us on youtube watch live on facebook watch live on twitter at any time that you want to um I'm so thankful to to be able to do this uh, and to have people that actually want to pay attention to it. Uh, you know, sometimes some of the things like you're like, hey, I'm just going to ask like a genuine question on Twitter and, and people call you names and say really terrible things about you. You go, why are you? the way that you are. Uh, but, but it's, but it's truly, it's been so much fun to, to be able to do this. And so we're, we're you know, we're kind of wrapping up the second season of, of doing this podcast together. And, and as the boys said, it, it's a lot of work, but we, we absolutely love doing it. Um, I've got to give some shout outs. The first one is to bears and Espanol. Like, I am stoked to talk to those guys at some point because you know we 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 talk to Bears fans all over the world, but uh, and we know we talk to Heidi, man, and we love Heidi. Um, but uh, to to talk to those guys, I know they're going to be uh, guests on our show in a little bit. We've had some awesome back and forth, and I am just always just incredibly. Um, maybe jealous isn't the right word um, as someone who studied Japanese for four years, and I still. I, I can't tweet in Japanese like that's not going to happen. Um, and, and, you know, just just the, the being able to go back and forth and, and doing all that stuff. I'm very excited to talk to those guys. Uh, Big Dave in the UK and all of the other 26 K's. You guys know who you are. So that's Dave, Derek, Daniel, Noel, Ozzy, Ant, uh, just just making me laugh all the time um, and supporting. I know Anthony Morrissey was just here hanging out with us, boys. He lives in Sweden and it was like three o'clock in the morning and he was standing up just to hang out with us for a little bit. So seriously, Ant, that means a lot. And the last one goes to someone we don't do a very good job of. Beats by Blackie Chan. He does our intro music. He does our outro music. He does uh, Brendan's breakdowns. Um, and so Beats by Blackie Chan, he's so good. He's so talented. He's such a wonderful dude. And he's a supporter of the show, so we're, we're very thankful for him. So, folks, uh, here's the deal. We just want to say thank you one last time. Uh, just, again, last programming note, we are going to be sporadic. You might see us in two days, or you might not see us for three weeks. We're not exactly sure. We're going to kind of wait to see how things go. Um, and so just uh, appreciate all of you i know you can get your bears content anywhere you can help us out big time especially going into the off season we've got great content coming to you we're gonna have lots of awesome guests we had sarah freaking spain last week how awesome was that shells you missed a good one i know you wanted to be there i know brother it uh it did not work out i don't think you guys wanted to see my three kids on the pod so you barely (laughs) want to see me on the pod you certainly don't want to see them (laughs) Sarah Spain was amazing we've got some other really phenomenal guests that are lined up that we're very very excited to talk to this off season so you can help us uh, out you can hit like you can hit subscribe you can share with a friend you can hit us with a five star review all those things help uh, to help us out and help this thing going for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast so that's Logan Bradley Brennan Chagru Patrick Sheldon Jack Wright I'm Ryan Dangle folks thank you so very much and as always 
bear down, Chicago.